Welcome to Create Your Life, a podcast for heart-centered creatives who desire clarity, fulfillment, and a flourishing relationship, not only with the world and their art, but with themselves. I am your host, Megan Vigil, a fellow creative and life coach, and I coach women who are ready to forge their own path, to do things in their own way, instead of continually comparing their path to others and measuring their success by the standards of the world instead of the metrics that feel deeply authentic to them. I help women be on their own team to curb the self-criticism, the perfectionism, and trade that for feeling at home within themselves, in their own lives, and to experience more peace, more being, and less striving. This podcast will be a mix of solo episodes where I share honest insights into my own journey and practice, as well as beautiful guest conversations where I get to sit down virtually with individuals who I wholeheartedly respect and believe that they have so much wisdom on the topic of living and creating with intention and deep presence and enjoyment. This is not about the rat wheel of self-improvement. This podcast exists as a place where we foster conversations around living well, blooming well, and looking at how beautiful and nuanced and yes, complex, but how beautiful it is to be alive. My deepest hope is that you feel seen here, that you feel inspired and empowered to be a go-getter in your own way as you create your life. I am so happy you're here with me. Let's dive in. Hey everyone and welcome back to Create Your Life. Today I have a very special guest. This person is so near and dear to my heart and you probably know her on Instagram as by Dylan M. Dylan has been my client for over a year now and um, it's just been such a gift to me to have her in my life. If you know her, if you know of her, you know she is such a beautiful light. She is such a special person and I can't wait to share this conversation with you today. So if you are unfamiliar with Dylan and her work, um, she is an artist and an illustrator living in Arizona, a top teacher on Skillshare. Dylan is known for her warmth, ability to communicate difficult ideas clearly, and bold and retro botanical illustrations. As a self-taught artist, Dylan has enthusiastically grown into her position in the art world as a creative cheerleader sharer of helpful keyboard shortcuts, (laughs) and combiner of unexpected colors. She enjoys waving at dogs, quoting Michael Scott, and encouraging people to talk about their feelings. And then in parentheses, not a joke. I just, I love Dylan. She is like I said, such a special person and she really does have this unique way, as you will hear, of breaking down things that feel so complex within our humanity and just making them feel like when you hear her say them, it's like, oh yes, that's what it is. And um, so we are just both really excited to share this conversation with you. So If you're new here and if you found me through Dylan, hello, my name is Megan. I am a life coach for creatives um, and 
you'll probably get to know who I am more from listening to our conversation. But um, let's go ahead and dive in. We talk about ADHD. We talk about um, our real unfiltered thoughts on like brain hacks and thought hacks and also like the not so sexy side of business and so much more. It's a beautiful conversation. So I can't wait for you to listen. Let's dive in. Well, Dylan, I'm so happy to have you on Create Your Life. Welcome, and thank you for being here. Thank you, Megan. You know I'm happy to be here because I threw a temper tantrum in a coaching session about why no one asks me to be on their podcast, and here I am. <laughs> so, big day. <laughs> that was the perfect conversation. I remember it so clearly, and I just, I think I, when I invited you on, or when you had said that, when I invited you on, you shared that memory as well. And I was like, little did you know, I was going to ask you to be on here. So perfect. So perfect. And I'm so excited to have this chat. So for those that are maybe a little bit unfamiliar with you or your work or what you do in the world, can you just kind of share with us a little bit about all of that, whatever you'd like to share? Yes, thank you. Um, So I'm an illustrator and that's what most people know me as, as an artist and illustrator. So if you went to my Instagram right now and looked, you would see flowers and people and landscapes and some strange colors and um, some lettering. And that's kind of the heart of what I do is like this creative stuff. Uh, But I also really love learning and I love teaching. And so I also have a a line of classes on an online learning platform called Skillshare um, that range from topics of like illustrated journaling to how to make a repeating design in Photoshop, how to send work to the printer. And so while I'm an artist, um, I'm very much an artist in the art community and the art community is very, very important to me. And so I like to think that the heart of what I do is serving them in the best way that I can, whether that's sharing openly and honestly and very transparently about my own experience and struggles and triumphs of being an artist, or it's getting out there and actually showing them what I've learned in processes and techniques and things like that. Mm, That's such a beautiful answer. And it's it's cool because I have worked with a a few clients that have also learned from you either in classes or like your Patreon or, you know, however else they can work with you. And it's just, it's, I don't know if you know the full impact that you have on people and your transparency and your willingness to share, like people are so deeply moved by you, even following you on Instagram. And so it's just really, really special the way that you have, taken what you've learned and taken your beautiful skills and abilities and, and, and poured them out for the world. Like what you do is really cool. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. It's a strange experience to hear someone talk nicely about your work and your impact. Um, especially cause like, it's important to me. I want to be impactful. I don't, you know, it's not an accident that I speak. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, it's not an accident that I'm sharing this stuff. I know what I'm doing. I know I'm trying to connect and make a difference. And it's weird. Cause I have like a 50, 50 reaction to you saying that on half of this, I'm like, yes, I know this is true. I know that what I've done in those moments of honesty are important. And then there's of course the other side that is like, no, that's fine. That's all in the past now though. And I don't have anything to show for it and that doesn't matter. And the Mm -hmm. impact isn't, and what am I doing today? What am I going to do tomorrow? And so 
just so thank you for that. But it is interesting that I know that I've had an impact and yet it still doesn't really feel, <laughs> I don't know, just one of those things, I guess, just another way that life is 50, 50. <laughs> yeah. 100%. And I, I love that you brought that up because that's kind of something that I wanted to <laughs> dive into with you because you are someone who, you know, looking in on your business and on your career looks like, and, and it's clear, like you had success in a lot of areas. And I think a lot of people have this perception that once you get to a certain point or once you actually can do this full-time or whatever, it's just easier. Mm -hmm. And it's just not really, it's not really a 50, 50, like 50% good, 50% bad human experience anymore. And I think you, you share on that so beautifully, like, just like you did here, you're like, yeah, that's like really nice to hear. And I believe that. And also I have these other things going on in my yeah. heart and in my mind right now. And so I would love for you to dive in a little bit more to that. If you'd be open just to kind of your experience, like what is the 50 50 of being a creative business owner and human and, and how have you, or maybe not the question is not how have you accepted it, but how do you consistently try your best to accept that that is the way that it is, that it's never going to be butterflies and rainbows all the time? Like how, how does acceptance of that look in your life and in your business? Loaded question, my goodness. <laughs> but so I'm so excited to get to unpack this. Um, so the first thing when you're speaking, one of the things that I wrote down that has been really on my mind, especially as I begin to kind of not just um, kind of move into the coaching space with creatives and not just being a teacher that like, you know, has this thing, but like really coaching people is I realized that when people say the phrase change your life, um, and maybe this is because of my black and white thinking or whatever, but I for a long time thought that that meant you are solving a life <laughs> mm. and that to change it means that it is solved and it is good and it just, you're good. You can roll on from there. And that is so much pressure and impossible and that never happens. And I think when I accepted that you can like powerfully change something without it necessarily being the end all be all, like that's that's a good thing. Like it sounds it sounds like a bummer, but it, it's really good. Um, the 50-50 idea was first uh, kind of given to me through an ADHD coach. Um, and she and it was in like a webinar. I hadn't even like signed on with her yet or anything. And she was just kind of like sharing. And she said it offhandedly, like it was this thing that we all knew and we're all taught <laughs> that life is 50-50. And I was just like, um, excuse me, no, that's not what I signed up for. Like, I'm not, I don't want 50%. Like to me, again, black and white thinking, ADHD brain, to me, those things canceled each other out. And that made me really sad to think that I would then have nothing because my happiness would be canceled out by an equal amount of unhappiness. And so I really rejected that idea at first and was just like, nope, no, no, I understand I won't probably ever be at 100%, but like if I could do like a 90-10 split, like I'm good with that. Yep. <laughs> um, but her words really sat with me um, and I realized that there was a lot of freedom there because my my 
push, my pressure to get more, to get a higher split, to get a split that seemed better to me, depleted and lessened my capacity for the 50% of good that I was entitled to. <laughs> mm. And so in my illusion, thinking that I could have more than more than what was allotted to me, I was actually not even allowing myself to have the 50%. Yeah. And I think that realization made me see that I didn't feel a lot of feelings in general, that I was so focused on happiness, which by the way, happiness is like a tiny experience. It's like one of so many, there's yeah. like, I don't know when happiness got the like the crown or whatever, but like there's a lot of other really awesome experiences that like happiness are not a part of, but I didn't know that. And mm -hmm. since I was in this like all the time state of, wanting to be happier, I was never happy, but I also was never feeling all the other feelings either. And so if feelings are a spectrum, you know, that ranges from whatever to whatever, I was in this really small, tiny, tiny little fraction, and I wasn't letting myself feel anything. And so I guess I just started to accept that if I really want to feel good, I need to let myself feel bad and that they hold hands together. Um, and here's the thing. So I'm a very practical person. And so like life is 50-50 is kind of like a nebulous thing. And so I started to think back and I started to see times like practical like examples when that is totally true. Anything from like like, so for me, I love the holidays. I love mm -hmm. around, I sell, my family celebrates Christmas and I really love gift giving and gift wrapping and decorating and all of that. It is so much fun. It's a really fun time of year. It is also so stressful. Even, and I'm not even the person who's like, I've got to get a gift for everyone. And like, I don't, like I take Christmas imperfectly and even still, it's just a lot because it's a lot to reach out to all the people you love and to consider them. And it's a lot to think about all that you're grateful for and all that is still not okay in the world and all that causes pain. And um, so it's like Christmas is 50-50. Um, if anybody has ever, you know, signed up for a workshop that they wanted to do, something that was just fun, mm -hmm. you know, that you're like, oh, I wanna do this. Or even I do this all the time with my friends. I make plans with them and then the day comes and I'm like, oh, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna <laughs> yeah. go, I don't wanna get dressed. And so, it's like, instead of pressuring myself to not have the experience of like, no, you should enjoy getting dressed and you should enjoy your friends and all of these shoulds, it's like, no, I love my friends. I love getting together with them. I dislike getting ready. I dislike transitioning. And sometimes mm -hmm. I wanna cancel my plans and it's okay. And when we go to dinner, guess what? Sometimes like the conversation is fun and sometimes it dips down and it's awkward or, and that is the 50-50 and- yeah. Yeah. And so as it relates to creative business um, and finding acceptance there, it's just realizing that like, it's okay that I don't spend every day of my business like inspired and smiling and sitting in sunshine, you know, <laughs> like it's like, yeah. it's not like that. There are days where I'm procrastinating. There's days that I have to do bookkeeping. There's days where I have to say no to a project that I feel like I should say yes to, but I know is correct for me to say no to. And that's just part of it. And in accepting that, it makes it a whole lot easier to just face it and do it and experience all of it. <laughs> yeah. And 
so beautifully spoken. I just feel like I'm going to be back listening to that part like over and over again because it's so true. Like everything that you just stated is is so liberating to embrace. And for me in my experience, like I see so much of myself and what you just said too. When I was in that space of wanting kind of the 90-10 split as well. (laughs) What I really meant, even though I couldn't verbalize, is I don't want to struggle. I really don't want to struggle pretty much ever. Yes. And that's what my perception of life change was as well, is that you will struggle really rarely, like incredibly rarely, if I was honest. And so it was so, when I still held that belief, it was like, um, I felt like I was never doing enough and I wasn't changing enough because I was still struggling. Mm-hmm. And I think that there can sometimes be this, this language in like the personal development world where it, it seems like that's the goal. And I'm, I'm so thankful for more conversations like this. And Kristen Carter was the one who introduced that idea to me as well. And I'm so thankful for people like her paving the way for us and saying like, no, we're not saying struggle less. We're saying, you know, I do think what's liberating about this is that now when I struggle, I don't go what's wrong with me anymore. I go, oh, this totally sucks. Again, it's not that it feels happy, but you can go, oh, I actually kind of expected this. Like I expect, I expect struggle. I expect hardship. And, and you just receive the actual fullness of, of the happiness. And like you said, it's not even about me. It's it's so nice when it's not just about being happy anymore. You also can experience just so much. It's like so much more rich. It's so much more full. Um, and so I just love what you shared about, you know, that the first time that you were, you were engaging with that, that topic, because it was the same for me. I was like, really? That's, that's what, like, that's what health may look like. (laughs) Yeah. And I really, I so resonate with the, like, the, like, no pain, please idea. The like, no, like, I don't want any of that. Like, I don't want struggle and I don't want suffering. And I think a little part of that is obviously like, it's because it's just, it's uncomfortable. And like, of course, we're going to choose something comfortable over uncomfortable, something that's uncomfortable. But I think it also has to do with the like very heavy toxic positivity messaging that is woven through everything. Um, Because then when you're faced with a bet, like I spent, there are so many weekdays, especially before I was diagnosed with ADHD, where I would be having a quote bad day, you know, and fill that in with whatever we all, we all know what our bad days are. You know, yeah. they're just, it's, it's not about what happens. It's just a bad day. And it's just, it's just a bad day. And when I would have those before, I would feel this deep urgency to rid myself of it. Um, and again, back to black and white thinking, it was because I felt like if I'm on, if I'm bitter, if I'm petty, if I'm jealous, and these are all very real and valid experiences, by the way, then somehow I cannot also be grateful and kind and open. And if I'm going to choose one of those, I want to be kind and grateful and open. And so it's unacceptable that I'm having this bad day because it means I'm ungrateful for this beautiful life. And I'm supposed to be grateful for this life. And I'm supposed to, I'm not supposed to suffer. 
And it's like, it's this weird, it's like toxic positivity has given us this view of, I don't want to say negative feelings, but harder feelings as being this slippery slope, this one way road to like depression and suicide and suffering. And like, you're just going to wallow there forever if you let yourself have a moment of that. And it's just not true. It's Mm -hmm. just absolutely not true. And um, one thing, and this is an example I use a lot, and it's actually something, Megan, that you maybe you'll remember that like you really helped me develop like while during our coaching time together. Um, Because yes, you have power over your thoughts and your thoughts have power over your emotions, meaning that you can hack that stuff. You can get in there. And when something's not working, you probably can find something that you're responsible for that you get to some wiggle room that you can change. But not every, I just don't think that every day, every moment we are to be hacked and to have some ideal thing, you know, like, I just don't think that that's healthy, that that's how it's supposed to go. To me, it's almost like if you got to eat cake for every single meal. Now, there's nothing wrong with cake. Cake is wonderful. If it's good, if you're, you know, you can eat gluten or whatever, like cake, (laughs) cake can be really wonderful. There's nothing bad with cake, but cake every single day that's, that could be bad. Um, and so anyway, this idea of the sky, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, because then I started when I would have these bad feelings, I would think, well, I can change these. And so I should change these and I should feel something different. But, um, my intuition was just telling me that that wasn't the way. And I started to picture the sky and, um, anyone can, well, not anyone, but I think most of us can look fine, you know, look at the sky Mm -hmm. in some way today. And when you look up there, you could see so many different things. Um, but I know that when I look at the sky, like my, I'm talking about the actual sky outside. When I look up there, like sometimes there's one big, beautiful, fluffy cloud. And then next to it, there's like some weird, like streaks of clouds that maybe a jet just went by, or maybe it's just a different type of cloud. And then there's a storm brewing over there and the sun is starting to set over there. And you realize that there's this combination of all this stuff that doesn't like, it looks like a lot. It looks kind of chaotic. And sure, if you wanted to, you could learn the science or find a scientist to help you understand how it could be that there's a storm and why is the storm coming from over here? But why is this highlighter orange so bright over here by the sunset? And you could like take the time to unpack that and figure out where all of it's coming from and why it's all there. And by the time you've done all that work, the sky has changed again. And it Mm. is a completely different combination and you didn't even get to see it or experience it. And so like when I look up at the sky, it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense. It just is because those clouds just are there and they're beautiful and white and fluffy next to a deep dark rain cloud next to a weird jet streak that really throws off the whole aesthetic and it just is. And so I really, that set my emotional experiences free because it no longer, I didn't even have to figure out where they were coming from, why they were there, what their impact was on me. I just got to watch the sky and just be like, wow, that's so interesting that I can be really angry with my fiance right now, like really angry with him. And also already forgiven him and think he's really cute and sweet, but I'm also so mad at him. Mm. And like, I could never have allowed such a complex and nuanced experience before because my black and white thinking and toxic positivity and pressure to be productive and be 
a member of this capitalist society mm -hmm. did not allow for those things to coexist and I had to make them coexist. So yeah, the, the sky, <laughs> like yeah. I think there's sometimes, and you'll know it, like if you've checked the sky 15 days in a row and the storm isn't going away, then yeah, maybe look into it and see like, see what's happening. But other than that, it's okay to just allow it and it's good. It's so much easier. I wish people knew, like, that's what I want you to know is that like, it really is true that the prolonging of the pain or the resisting of the feeling is so much worse than the experience of that feeling in its yes. full, full intensity. Mm, always, always. And mm, I do remember that visual that was just really a thread through quite a like long period of time for you. Like it was, it was really liberating. And I just, I love that visual because I think so many of us are incredibly fascinated with the sky. Like if you look at Instagram, like, and I always think it's so funny, like when, you know, cause obviously in the past, like I've followed a lot of people that live in my same area, you know, went to high school with whatever. And whenever there's a good sunset or a good sky, everyone's posting the sky, <laughs> right? Like we, we are obsessed with it because yeah. it's so vast and it's so interesting and it's so beautiful. And there, there is something about it that really resonates with the human soul, I think. But I, I just, I am so thankful to you for sharing that right now, because everything that you just shared, I think is again, super spot on. And I think people listening will be like, Oh, so that means like I could be, I could potentially set myself free from the hacking, from the yeah. eternal trying to hack. Yeah. And something that was coming up for me as you were saying that, as I was like, you know, what's so interesting that I haven't really thought about until this moment is that the, the brain hacking stuff is, I think done with good intention. We are trying to totally. help and guide ourselves but I think that it even furthers our disconnection from our bodies, our hearts, our intuition. And we were talking about this earlier this week, like intuition and gut and kind of mm -hmm. some human design stuff. And when all we're focused on, and this is something I think you said in the conversation, you were like, why are we so focused on our brains? <laughs> like, why is it like we're a walking brain? And I loved when you were speaking to that. Can you just share a little bit more about your thoughts on that on like why are we so focused on the brain and what like there are other things to focus on yes oh my good oh my god okay so our brains so smart little computers that we all have in our heads and they all work differently and everything and they're great they're really good at some things but our brains like gosh how do i do i give an example let's see okay Let's say that I'm trying to decide what I want for lunch and I'm going to use my brain, right? Because what else would I use? My brain is the smartest part of me. My brain, that supercomputer, I'm going to ask my brain what it wants for lunch, what I want for lunch. And it comes back and it tells me, well, you could have comfort food. That sounds good. That's always really cozy. Or you could have something healthy. And I think that it'd be better if you had less carbs because that seems to be the thing. But don't worry about fats. Definitely have fats in there. But ooh, pizza sounds good. But last week you also said that you wanted green beans and we never had those. So maybe you want green beans too. And so at the end of it, my very smart brain has given me a ton of information. 
And none of it is helpful because mm. great. Thanks. Thanks for all of that information. Thanks for all of that con those contradictory answers that like don't really leave me with much. And that's not all the time. Sometimes our brains are good. Like I'm not, I'm not anti-brain yeah. or anything. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but you know, I want to give an example. So I recently, because of your podcast, Megan, I got into human design thanks to your chat with Catherine Phillips. And I got to speak with her after and we've had like great calls. She's awesome. And so like my part of my human design is to use my intuition to make decisions. And part of that means that sometimes I'll know what is aligned for me and it won't make sense to my brain. Mm -hmm. And so here's a really good example of that. A few weeks ago, in fact, this was, I was sending a holiday gift to Megan. So this is actually very meta. So I had like a few Christmas gifts that I needed to ship and like four of them were not ready to go and Megan's was ready to go and I wanted to get Megan's out the door. Well, Brain told me that, you know, well, you should be efficient about this. And so you should take one trip to the post office. And so you should get all the presents ready to go, wrap all of them, fill out all the cards, get them packed and take one trip to the post office. Because that's what smart people do, right? That's what on paper, that's the smart way to do it. My intuition was just like, oh, can't we just take the one that's ready and like get it done and face the other ones? later even if it means like 15 trips to the post office like is that really the worst idea and my brain just hated it like my brain was really upset with that mm -hmm. like idea but i was just like no it feel i can feel that like if i just want to get this done i'm just going to take the one that's ready and it's fine and i did and it was fine and that might seem like such a stupid example but had i had i not just trusted my intuition that day to go against my brain, I would have been arguing with my brain all day until it yeah. was finally just time to do something. And so it's like, sure, use your brain, but I feel like it's it's trickier and it takes more time and it's so much more like laborious than and can lead you astray. Whereas my intuition gives me one answer. Brain gives me 15 answers, intuition gives me one. And I don't always understand it. And I, and it's sometimes scary to trust. That doesn't mean that it like pops out an answer that I can read. And I'm like, cool, this is 100%. But it's much more clear than what brain can do for me. And I also, um, maybe you have heard the, I don't know what the actual statistic is, but they say that we only use so much of our brain, right? Mm -hmm. Like 10% of our brain or something like that. Right. And I think that that 10% is like our active thought, the part of me that right now that's trying to form answers and is trying to make sure that I'm making sense and everything. And we put so much pressure on our active brain to be doing things. Even like in my in the artist community, when people are painting and everything, they are using their active thought to like learn the paint and like, okay, well, how are these blending? And, and what am mm -hmm. I observing here? And it's like, what if you like took the pressure off your active thought and just trusted that your brain was learning and your body was learning and that it wasn't at the behest of that active thought to focus it? Mm. And um, I don't know if I got, I feel like I got off track. The brain thing gets me so excited because I've been <laughs> thinking about it a lot lately. But like, yeah, it just that I think that our brains are great. And so, for example, here's some tasks that I give my brain um, when I am working out something um like I'm, I'm writing if i'm editing something i'll just kind of read through it and if i don't know where to edit i'll kind of ask my brain like brain can you help work out and make this 
make more sense. Like this writing, mm. like this doesn't make sense to me. And then I just like keep working and let my brain chew on it. Like I don't actively sit there and think through the answer to the question. Right. I like, I like, I delegate my brain and I'm like, hey brain, why don't you chew like sweet, sweet brain. I love you so much. You're distracting me. Why don't you chew on this so that I can do this over mm. here? And um, one last example, just to kind of fill, fit all the spots yeah. is like, um, recently I had a, a creative project that I put a lot of time and energy into and it like kind of failed. Like it was, it was kind of a failure and it was really painful and really uncomfortable. And I just had to let myself feel the feelings of that failure and kind of process it. And my friends were checking in with me and they were like, what are you going to do? Do you know how you're going to solve it? Like, what are you going to do next? How are you going to fix it? And I just felt so good being like, I know like my brain has been chewing on this the second it saw there was a problem. And so I don't know what I'm going to do yet. It hasn't given me an answer, but I know that it's working on it. And I know I'm going to have some ideas soon. And like the best thing I can do for my brain to solve that problem is to not like bother it. Like mm. it's almost like my brain is like this person in a computer room that I like go in and I say, Hey, can you work on this for me? And if I keep knocking on the door and keep coming in and keep trying to talk to it and yell and turn the music up, like it can't do it. And so I have to like keep me from my brain so that it can do its thing and also use something else that can help me make decisions. That's more reliable. So yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing all of that. Cause I love, I've been thinking about so many of the things that you said in our call earlier this week, since you shared them. And so I'm so glad that everyone else gets to hear some of those thoughts as well. I love this idea of like delegating things to your brain and almost like putting it in its place a little bit, because it's yeah. very, we, we very much glamorize and just like worship things that are concrete mm -hmm. and can give us answers. Right. And so our brain can kind of seem like one of those things mm -hmm. and yet it's just not everything. And I, I think this is, I think this is powerful for everyone, but I, I wonder if it's even a little bit more powerful for those of us who have had really interesting relationships with our brain due to, you know, having ADHD or being a little bit not neurotypical, like neurodivergent. And I know that you have been diving more into this like intuition and like, there's so much trust in what you're saying too. There's so much trust in yourself, in all aspects of yourself, in all these complexities within yourself. How are these new thoughts and concepts and realizations, like how are those affecting your relationship with your ADHD? Because I know that, you know, maybe we have bonded over our ADHD so much. And I know that there are so many in both of our communities who are getting new ADHD diagnoses. I feel like that's the biggest thing I'm hearing right now. Oh my gosh, I just got diagnosed or wondering if I have it. And in creative communities, it's, it's big. Like we are just the creative brain people. So how is all of this like, yeah, how is it influencing your relationship with your ADHD? Yeah, that's a great question because when I, so I was diagnosed, um, gosh, maybe like a year and a half to two years ago now, year and a half. And, um, 
before, like, I just had no idea before that I had it. And so when I, like, it was like from zero to 100 pretty quickly. And I feel like I, like my diagnosis day is a wonderful, like it's one of the best days for me. Like me learning I had ADHD was a huge level up for me in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of took over like in, in a good, like I love learning about it. I'm so interested. I love talking about it. I love like I'm, it's, I'm really into it. And so I think because of that, ADHD has, I let it grow as a big part of my identity, even in that little bit of time of like, ooh, I'm, I was a, I was an impactful, like creative person. Like I was, I was here for the creatives, but now I'm a creative with ADHD. And that's, that must be my niche. That must be like, what's in, that must be like my next thing. Right. And it is like, it is, and it is important to me, but I think like the human design and learning more about things beyond my brain have helped put it back into perspective and kind of shrink it down a little bit, like not down to nothing, but just it's only one part of me and it's yeah. actually only one part of my brain. And, and so, and so since my brain is, is not me, like, I guess it's like, I'm so much bigger than my brain now. Like I thought that I really, my identity used to be tied to my thoughts or the thoughts that I think about myself or the actions that I take, you know, like what, what my behavior looks like and everything. And now I just have this deeper trust that my ADHD brain is so crucial to me and it's not all of me. It's not everything about me. Um, and so, and that also like, just as a side note, like, again, why would I put the pressure of making really important decisions on my brain, which first of all, like a neurotypical brain, like can argue all sides of a fact <laughs> and can like, my brain is riddled with ADHD, meaning it can executive function on its own, black and white thinking all over the place. And so like yeah. even more, why would I put the pressure on my brain to like be me and to do all of this stuff when I'm a brain, I'm a body, I'm a spirit, I'm energy, I'm temperature, like I'm just, I'm all of these other things too. And I think when we can like de-emphasize or like put something back to its true size, we get to see the other things too. And it's, and it's way more comforting to not feel like everything has to make sense to my brain. It just doesn't. Not everything has to make sense to your brain. <laughs> like you can just let things go. Like um, I was just the other day, like thoughts still come into my brain that are mean or like unhelpful, but like I'm not going to use all my energy to like <laughs> think about all of them, like because they're just thoughts, like they just come. And so like sometimes like a really mean thought will come to me and I just think in my brain, you're so right. Thank you, brain, for that thought. Mm -hmm. I am the worst. Everyone does. They hate me so much. <laughs> I know. I'm. Thank you for letting me know I'm going to keep doing this thing. And like that, that sounds condescending, but it's like a really loving tone with myself. It's like mm -hmm. it's the tone that you give to a toddler that you love that's being ridiculous. That's like right. – because they still deserve your love. They still deserve your attention and their experience um, deserves to happen. And yet it's a little bit ridiculous and it doesn't deserve to drain all of you or take all of you. And so it's just a real balance, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love the toddler example too, because, you know, I, 
you know, think about like parenting or having children or whatever. And it's so interesting to think about like the, the, the wisdom and like the sovereignty that even children have, even as they're developing, like they're their own human being. Like it's, it's just wild. There's a whole world inside of them, just like all of us. And so even when they are not fully developed, even when they are like literal children that we are raising, right. It's like, I mean, I hope that as a mother someday, like I would still trust them. And again, but, but they're, while they're, they're human and they are like tiny humans and learning all the things like, so are we as adults. Right. But you, that doesn't mean that you, you don't write off everything that they say, but you also give them that space that you're like, "Eh, that's okay. (laughs) That's not necessarily true. And I, this visual that I use a lot for myself is like, in uh in big like sports arenas you know there's those like electronic billboards but like the skinny ones and the messages just like come across it and they're like you know yeah the the tickers yeah 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 (laughs) and I always view thoughts as that it's like it's going in and going out and like do I want to keep it do I not want to keep it and oh my gosh yeah like I have thoughts all the time that I'm like that is okay, you know, that is really not helpful at all. So I'm just going to kind of watch it go out the other side. And it's really helpful. You don't have to attach. Yeah. Because keeping feelings, it's not like totally like, or keeping these thoughts and feelings, isn't just like accepting them, resisting them is also keeping them. Like it's the same thing. Like if you picture, let's use the ticker tape. So you've got the thing, they're all Mm -hmm. coming across. Right. And let's say you see one that you like and you're like oh i like that one that's me and you grab it and you take it and it's like okay cool you've accepted that one that's you but then one comes across that you don't like and you're like well i'm not sure and you like pause the ticker and you're Mm -hmm. like no i what is this why is this here like that's not me that's not me and it's like okay but you're the one like holding on to it simply by resisting like you're the one that's keeping it here just by like being weird about it when you could just let it go and be like, oh, there goes a weird one. That was a really weird thought that came by. And mm-hmm. um, when you were talking earlier, I pictured like with the toddler and everything, it's also similar to like teenage, when you fall in love for the first time and everything, or like when younger people fall in love for the first time, like I do not doubt that that is love for them because right. like if that's the first or deepest cut that the like the love experience has made on you, then like that's valid. And I don't care if it's your high school boyfriend that you only hold hands with when like you feel comfortable or whatever it is, yeah. you know, like that was an experience of love for you. Now, am I going to mean that does that mean that I'm going to be okay when you're 16 and you're like, I'm going to run off and get married to this person? It's like, no, it's the same thing of like, their experience is valid. You were in love. You can call it that you're allowed to call it what you want to call it, even if other people experience it differently. But also like, I don't know. I, I hope that that came through. (laughs) That made sense. Just that, you know, that back and forth of like, yes, I, you're valid and that can exist, but also it doesn't have to like, doesn't have to be this like big thing. It can just pass. And well, I feel like I really lost the thought there. So I'm sorry if that didn't wrap up nicely, but that's okay. (laughs) No, I, I totally track. And even like, as you were saying that it brought something else up for me, which is just (laughs) that the idea that like, we are every baby child adolescent that we've ever been like we are everything we've ever been 
and what we are now, like all coupled up into one thing. One, (laughs) And I find that so fascinating. So I think it's also, it's, it's also wise to remember that some of the thoughts or some of the feelings that come up to may also be from like a different time in our life. And they just Mm -hmm. kind of surprise us sometimes. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, trauma can play into that as well, or, or even not just like, you know, memories or relationships that, you know, our older relationships and coming back up again, or something reminds you whatever. And so there's just, there's just less pressure. I think when you view the nuance like this, and it's like, you don't have to attach to everything. Um, that's been a big one for me too lately, just even with my emotions, I can really take on my emotions as my identity. So it's like, bad day equals bad Megan. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's like, actually, I just kind of feel bad today. And that's okay. Like that is absolutely not who I am. You know, just holding things lightly, holding things gently, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry if this is like this, like thought came back up. So I'm sorry Mm -hmm. if it's a little dis, um, jointed and everything, but I just think like our brains, our brains are always going to do what brains are built to do. And they like, I think brains are like generators. They're generating ideas. They're generating choices. They're generating future visions. They're generating regrets from the past. Like, it's almost like um, expecting to be able, like if it were a room, it's a really loud room. Like it's like, there's always people typing on typewriters and there's always people playing different music and it's really loud and the windows are open and the wind is blowing and there's just like a lot happening. And to expect that you can go to this place where like that's where it's built, that's what it's going to be. Like that's what the Mm -hmm. place is to like bring a quiet book and expect that you're going to be able to read there is kind of ridiculous. And so I think that's like the brain thing that we are talking about is like our brains are great, but they're not meant for everything. Like it's like trying to use, like if our brain is a screwdriver, you know, and we need to hammer in a nail and like taking that screwdriver and being like, okay, please like apply and please do this. And I just think that if our brains are always going to be generating thoughts, like like all of us have said it and all of our idols have said it, like you see me as this thing and yet my brain still tells me, you suck, you're not good. It's like, Guys, that's not going to stop. Your brain is always like for the rest of ever could serve up terrible, weird, rude thoughts. And mm-hmm. some of them could be kind of true and some of them could be totally not true. But like the whole point is, is that is never, ever going to stop. And so why keep going there for an identity? Why keep going there for a decision? Like that's not what it's going to give you. If you need ideas, go to your brain. If you want to imagine and brainstorm, go to your brain. If you like need to ask a question to yourself, go to your brain and see what it has to say, but it's not the end all be all. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. Doesn't hold all the weight. Yeah. And I, just, I'm yeah. super glad you brought that up. Yeah. Thank you. And I think it's so fascinating and I would love to hear like, just a tad bit more about like anything that you would like to share about your career, because I think people, and I I hear this with clients a lot. They're like, if I just, in a lot of different ways, they'll say this, but essentially if I just had more credentials, if I just was more, you know, educated in this way, or if I had made a certain amount of money, or if I was like, 
you know, represented by an agency, whatever. Um, I don't think I would feel this way anymore. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing you say is like, it doesn't matter what level of success you have achieved. It, it doesn't like, these things are part of the human experience. You can't escape them. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think we can, we can like dehumanize almost people that we look up to and it's like, they've made it and they're not like me. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it could not be further from the truth. And so mm -hmm. I'm curious if there's anything that, um, you want to share about your career or in light of that, or can even yeah. be a little bit off topic, but I'm just curious to hear a little bit more like about like your career up until now creatively. Yeah. Well, I would like to say like just right off the bat that I am that person. I have people that look up to me right now that think that I am a success and I have done successful things and I have achieved things that have surprised me. And yet sitting here right now, my brain believes that if I could level up my artistic skills and my creative process one more notch, then I would not feel like right. Like I've been thinking about it all week. Like, oh, I just mm. need to, I just need to start watching. I need to go back and watch like art, like traditional art classes. And I need to like buff up these skills because if I could just get those skills, then I won't feel the pain of not making artwork. Like, right. Don't want to suffer. <laughs> uh -huh. It's happening right now. Like, even though, even though we just had this great conversation and all of this stuff doesn't change the fact that my brain is still right in this moment, generating more of that kind of BS of like, I think it's this. And it's like, but it doesn't know. Our brain doesn't know. Right. It's just going to keep generating ideas. And as soon as I do that thing, it's going to say, okay, well, what about this one? Like there's always, it's like, it's nonstop. It, it is forever. It's infinite. And so, um, gosh, I kind of, I feel like I got away from the question. Oh, so career. Yes. Yeah. Um, so as far as my career goes, um, Gosh, I don't, do you mean like a timeline? Like, what am I? <laughs> yeah, sorry. no, I feel like my question was kind of unclear too. So <laughs> I, I, I don't even know if necessarily a timeline. Mm. I think I'm just more curious if there's anything that you would share with <laughs> and this is very different than the question that I just asked. So just like disregard cool. that. Yeah. That's just <laughs> a new page. Um, like anything that you would want people to know who are starting their creative careers and looking at people like you that have, that are doing it, that are doing it for their career. Like that's the only measure I would say, like, do you have any advice for them? Or maybe they're hearing everything we're talking about and they're going like, oh, it all resonates. But like, so what do I do with all this? Like, how do I, how do I do it my way? How do I do all these things? Like, do you have any advice for people that are going through those things listening to this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the first, and this is the advice that I give to everybody, regardless of what the thing is, is to show up and practice the thing that you know you need to be doing. So for me, so for artists, like especially in my corner of the creative community where it's a lot of illustrators and visual artists, um, we get bogged down and distracted by things like setting up a newsletter, getting a social media following, honing your personal style, um, clarifying your message, like all of these things. 
And none of that can be done if you're not doing the work. If you're not painting, if you're not drawing, if you're not writing, like you got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I say that with like the biggest hug and like pat on the butt with permission, um, <laughs> with consent, <laughs> because like that's I like that is the work. The work is all of the BS that comes up with us just showing up to do the work that needs to be done, because when you show up to paint, guess what? You're going to find out really quick what skills you would like to strengthen. You might find out right away that your color mixing skills aren't there. And but if you didn't start, then you might go and research and learn all this stuff about painting that's not even relevant to your painting journey because you don't know what's relevant because you haven't started your painting journey. And so it's like to just to just show up and I'll chant like whatever, wherever you are listening to this, whatever your thing is, and 80% of you are going to disregard this and that's okay. This is for the 10%, the 20% that are like, no, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. I want you to clarify what the thing is in, you know, what is the thing, the verb? Are you painting, you drawing, you writing, you singing, are you sitting, whatever it is. And I want you to set a timer for five minutes and I want you to do the thing. And get ready, your brain is going to hate five minutes. Yeah. Your brain is going to say, that's useless, that's stupid, that doesn't make a difference, I want to do something else, I don't want to do that, I need to plan first, I need to know more, I need to research, I need to Google. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. Set a timer and do the thing for five minutes and see what that does for you. And I just know that that's the doorway. That is the doorway right there. The practice that you do is going to bring you to the questions you want to answer. It's going to bring you to the weak spots that you want to strengthen. And it's going to show you your strengths that are already there. And so I always say the practice. The mm -hmm. next thing is you got to get a creative friend. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't have to be someone that's in person. Um, that's where social media and digital communities are huge. Like you have to have someone that is of creative mind, that practices, that knows about resistance, that knows that even when you really wanna do something, when the moment comes, there might be a lot of resistance to doing it and you need to overcome it anyway. And how sometimes you hate, you think you're doing great and then suddenly you hate everything that you're making. And that's because you just leveled up, but you don't know it because it doesn't feel like it. And you need a creative friend who's there that can be like, ah, yep, I know this. You're not weird. You're not doing it wrong. This just is and keep going. Um, and then also, if you can, uh, journal or write or reflect in some way that is helpful for you. And it doesn't have to be, don't make it a thing. It's not, don't, right. it doesn't have to be an everyday practice. It doesn't always have to be in the same book. I journal in multiple different books. Some are on my computer, some are on my phone, some are physical. Just start seeing what your thoughts look and sound like how what how do you think do you think in words and pictures do you think in sentences do words come to you are you mean to yourself a lot do you speak in the third like as i talk to myself as if i'm a separate person like i'll be like what do you want to do like i've learned that that's yeah. how and get to know that get to know the quality of that and don't pressure yourself to find anything in the journal entries or anything but just start reflecting and just see see what it can do for you. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. And as you were saying all of that, I'm like, this is so cool because kind of the overarching theme that I hear in that is that 
all of those things like bring you home to your own lived embodied experience. Yep. And we get so caught up in trying to find all the answers outside of ourselves. I want to follow all the people that are successful. I want to get on their newsletter. I want to sign up for their courses because I want to learn what they did. I want to read the books. I want to blah, 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 blah. And it's like, actually just make stuff. Yeah. And actually just see how you talk to yourself and actually see why you have been resisting, you know, creating something for two months now. Like why you, you know, you, you, you. And it's just so it always begins and ends with us. And I think it's so fascinating because that's the very thing that we resist. But the only way that we can learn about that resistance mm-hmm. is to actually engage yeah. with it, is actually to enter in. Yep. And I do think that that's also what sets people apart a little bit is it's, yeah. it's the people who are willing. Are you willing to be a little bit uncomfortable? Are you willing to you know, try the things that feel really bad in the moment and advocate, advocate for, you know, getting yourself a friend, uh, an Mm -hmm. account, you know, whether that's for accountability or someone to just reflect truth to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just really, really love all that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. It's, it's no accident that all three of those things, um, are to build trust. All of those things are just about the self-trust because how, how do you swim through a sea of anxiety and doubt and excitement to do a project that you don't know if it's going to work or not if you don't have self-trust there like you don't right (laughs) and self-trust starts by instead of googling a question asking yourself that question first to see what you already know because you trust that you do know things and that you trust that there are answers there and yeah Mm -hmm. it's a lot of self-trust it is. It really, really is. I think it's one of the most foundational things in every creative journey, whether that whether you're a visual artist, whether you're a coach, whether you're whatever, creativity looks a million and one different ways, right? But I think that it's so, so paramount. And I just have one more question before we go into the lightning round, if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, obviously, you know, we have worked together, but we're also friends. We're also (laughs) colleagues. We're so many different things in each other's lives, but I would love to just hear a little bit about like, what has coaching meant to you? How has it influenced you and your world? I feel like people hear me talk about it a lot, but I would love for them to be able to hear from someone who has, you know, been a client, received it, but also as a coach yourself. So do you mind just sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. When I hired you, uh, I, you know, I assumed that I was hiring you to give me answers and to help formulate a plan of some sort. And then you would help me fall stick to that plan. And then I would arrive at this new ideal place and it would be so clean and so great and it would be perfect and picturesque and it'd be a great movie montage and it just like wasn't that Mm. (laughs) and what i can see now is that like literally the coaching was just my baby steps of that it was the first steps of trusting myself it was the first seeds of planting like how to trust myself and how to reflect and how to look inward like the process of coaching gave me authority over me um, in a way that felt, and again, like authority sounds so like 
it's not robotic and it's not sure. rigid or anything like that, but it is the ability to assert yourself to like, to in a sea of every, because like, that's the thing, even when I, even when my intuition serves up an answer that I can trust and that I know is right, it still is wobbly. It's still, I still can't see ahead of me. Like I still don't know. And it's, um, I guess like coaching is you have this safe space with someone that you trust that helps you get you get on your wobbly legs and someone mm -hmm. that like is right there to be like no it's okay like i know it feels wobbly i know it feels weird but it's okay um i don't know that i would have learned to ride a bike without you know training wheels or my dad there to be like i know it feels weird but it's okay keep pedaling you know and that's what a coach was was um instead of someone who gave me answers or knew was like leveled up higher than me and could like bring me up to their level like it was just this training in like no let's let's turn you into your authority and let's like let's learn about you and everything um and i wish it were easier to like hand to people and just be like here's the metrics of what changed you totally. know like here's the weight i lost and here's the followers i gained and i'm a millionaire now like i really wish i could give that to someone so that they could just get the value of this but like I just, if you can trust anything I say, it's just that like the things that I got from coaching feel so much better than those things that I thought that I wanted. Like I, I am, oh God, I don't even know how to say it. It's like, I am vaster and clearer than I've ever been. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I flow and sometimes I flow all over and sometimes the flow slows down to a trickle, but like, I'm, I'm cool with it. It's just, it's just all self-trust. Like, honestly, that's just what it is. It's just like a lot of, a lot of trust and learning to train in that trust. Mm, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I agree. And like, that is my experience when hiring a coach as well, is that I, I've been having this like saying go through my head the last probably 48 hours that just like coaching is a portal. Yeah. It's, it's a portal to yourself. <laughs> that yeah. sounds weird, but it's like, and, and, you know, there's such a variety of different types of coaches, but the way, the way that I at least hope, and I know that you like really embody this as well as like, we, the only place we want to lead people is to themselves mm -hmm. and our coaching is a portal to that. And yeah. so if you want, the, you know, there are people out there that will promise you the metrics that will promise you the weight loss that will promise you the money and great. But that kind of feels like a happiness metric. Like we were talking about, it's like, there's, yeah. there's bigger things to be moving towards than happiness yeah, or than yeah. money or followers. Like it, what if you felt more you, Yeah. what if you felt yes. more peace, you yeah. know? And I truly believe that coaching is a portal yeah. to that. Does that resonate? 100%. And like, if yes, so, so much. And it's a portal to yourself. And also I just want to say that if you haven't felt that, if you, if you don't haven't felt that good feeling of what it is to be you or what it is to trust, then it probably doesn't sound very desirable. Like it's mm -hmm. like, I know I don't want that though. I want to be happy. And so to the people who haven't experienced that, I, I'm really happy in my life. Like 
I'm satisfied in my life. I'm not done. I still have things yeah. I'm doing and I'm not happy. I'm not like a smiley person every single day, but the stark difference of who I was like before Megan, like who I am now, like, oh, I like her. And I like, like, I feel peace every day. It's not the only thing I feel, but I absolutely feel peace and satisfaction at least a little bit every single day. And I also feel all of these other things and they're fine and they're good. Like, I honestly like now, like even anger isn't, anger's okay. Like anger has its fun. Like anger is a weird trip of like energy <laughs> and everything. And it can, and it often is like really funny to me afterwards. And it's like, yeah, it's just, Ooh, it's good. It's so good. It is, it is. And that feeling of like, I like her. I mm -hmm. like who I am. It's just, it changes everything. It mm -hmm. really does. And so thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I just have three little quick questions at the end. And then oh, we'll I'm so up. in my head about these. Okay. Let's just get these over with. <laughs> It's okay. You don't have to cut. Like they can be longer if need be. Um, but what is one thing about you that makes you, you? Okay. This sounds like a weird answer, but I like the dichotomy, black and white thinking like this, like this two, this like duality thing is really true for me. And I think that something that really makes me, me is Maybe throughout listening to this podcast, you've thought things like Dylan is so warm or Dylan is so encouraging and kind and all those things. And I am those things, but I also am like a black cat of a human. And like, I have this, like for every ounce of me that loves and is like connected to the world and the poetry of humanity and everything, there's this other part of me that is cold and detached and needs alone time and doesn't want it hates talking on the phone and has a really dry sarcastic dark sense of humor and i used to try to again i used to either cancel those things out or just pick one and i think that it's both of them together that is that makes me me is this like huge capacity for warmth and this also huge capacity to just fully detach and be alone um, for everybody. <laughs> mm, I love that. And I read, I relate to a lot of that too, because everyone, not everyone, but I, I think we get similar comments. It's like, you're so authentic. You're so, and it's uh -huh. like true. And I never want to talk to anyone ever again. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like literally yesterday in my, like, I, yesterday I had a really good coaching call with someone and it was so wonderful. And in the same day wrote in my journal, a list of people who could go F themselves. Like I literally <laughs> wrote that down and like had, and put people that I know and love on that list because like, I am both things. I'm a loving, loving person. And I'm also a bitter, petty person who has feelings and like needs alone time. It's both. Mm -hmm. We're both. Yeah. I love that. What is a small joy in your life right now that is keeping you going? Um, oh, cleaning. Um, I found a cleaning routine. There's this woman, maybe some of you know, it's called the fly lady cleaning routine and it's free. The website's a mess. Have fun. It's a lot of information, <laughs> but oh my goodness, as someone with ADHD, I have struggled a long time with like hygiene and cleanliness and like basic routines that other humans seem to not struggle with. And fly lady cleaning has like changed my, like, 
our house is so clean and I love doing my little tasks each day. And it's all about imperfection and not showing like persistence over consistency and all of that. And it's just like been a really, it's a coming, it feels like a coming home kind of thing where it's just like, yes, we can dream and be, and like dream and want for all of these things. But I think there's something really sacred to coming home and caring for what you already have and cleaning the space that you already take up and like honoring it that way. And that is just really, uh, I'm really living for it right now. Oh, I love that. And I need to try that because those things feel really difficult for me too. And just like, yeah, like really, yeah. Like you said, like honoring your space that you live in is, is so beautiful. That's fun. Yeah. And what is one thing you're doing actively to create your life right now? That's a great question. Um, we actually spoke about this on our um, coaching call this week, um, mm-hmm. but I recently kind of started to figure out what my own kind of success matrix or formula kind of looks like. And yeah. like generally speaking, this is no no rigid and they're not all equal, um, but generally speaking, each day I like to learn something, read something, write something, I put earn something, but that's really like some like earn slash hard work. Like I like to Mm. like show up for at least something that is like kind of hard or difficult. I like to reflect and I like to clean something and create something. And that sounds like a lot of things. And it sounds Mm. like it sounds very perfectionistic and like I'm going to hit on all of these aspects, but it's just so not. It's like at the end when I start to feel overwhelmed about all the things I can do and all the directions the business could go and all of these decisions. I remember I look back at that and I'm like, oh yeah, if I just like, if I read something, if I clean something, like I, that's what matters to me. Like it just, that list really brings me home and everything. And it feels like those are the things that create my life um, for sure. Yeah. And even in hearing you talk about that for the first time a couple of days ago when we were chatting, it was just the thing that came to mind for me. And I'll say it again right now is that like, no one taught you that mm-hmm. you didn't buy a course nope. on daily routines for that. That's your routine that it, or not even routine. That's your formula for yeah. feeling good. And we all have our own. And it's so important in a sea of people telling you what you should do every day to find yours. And like hearing your energy and excitement behind it is just mm-hmm. like, the best. And I, I just, I love that for you. And so, yeah, anyone listening that's Dylan's. So (laughs) not saying you can't borrow also like, there's no obligation to try that, you know? Yeah. And also I, the only way that I could stumble upon those was because I was present to experience the feelings of them and then reflected on my experiences. It wasn't like, I didn't, I didn't even sit down and think like, what could I do each day to feel good? It was just like I was paying attention to what I was doing each day. I was there for it. I was feeling my feelings and I was able, my wise brain and my wise body, when I asked myself, what do I like doing? What feels good to me? What is success to me? Like those, I was like, wow, you know what? That day last week where I like baked bread and also like paid a few bills and then also sat outside, like that was wonderful. And I just Mm -hmm. reflected and those things rose to the surface. And so if you're listening and you're like, well, I'm just going to copy Dylan's, that's fine. Copy mine, but then pay attention to how it feels for you because your experience of it is going to lead you forward. Maybe you're going to hate mine and that's going to really inform you of like, cool, maybe there isn't like maybe this type of thing like isn't even for you and maybe that, you know, and so 
if you don't know where to start, start with mine and break yeah. it and pay attention to what is broken about it and then fix it for yourself. 100%. And trust that you can do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's so, that's such a perfect like action step. I feel like too, for people who are wanting yeah. to figure out what feels good for them. So thank yeah. you for that. Start anywhere and pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are there any like things, uh, offerings, classes, coaching, anything that you would like listeners to know about at this point? Sure. So, I mean, you can find my classes on Skillshare and you can find me on Instagram, but honestly, if if you resonated with me at all in listening to this and you're just like, I like her, but I don't know yet like what I want, what I want our thing to be, I would recommend signing up for my newsletter. I send four a year. I only do it quarterly. And um, I think that it's really the best way to get an overview taste of what's happening and what I'm doing. And you might see that you might sign up and get the issue and be like, yeah, no, she's not for me. You're going to know right away if I'm for you or not through the newsletter. And that's going to answer any questions for how we could work together, what I, how I can support you as a creative or um, other people that can support you as a creative because um, I'm just a member of the community and I want you to find your community, whether that's with me or with other people. Like, I don't care as long as you find it. That's what matters. Mm, I love that. And I'll put uh, a link to it in the show notes, but is it, can they sign up via your website? Yes. If they go to bydylanm.com, that's B-Y-D-Y-L-A-N and then the letter M as in Mary.com. And okay. there's a sign up right there for it. <laughs> so fun. I love your newsletter. Like I'm not even a visual artist or anything or like paint, but I just like, it's so, so fun. I think people are really going to enjoy it. Thank you so much. I put a lot into it. And since it's only four times a year, like just get, it's big. It's not like a yeah. very brief thing, like get ready. It's an but... experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an experience. <laughs> so fun. Well, thank you so much, friend. Thank you, Megan. I so appreciate you. And if anybody has been on the fence or like is like watches Megan's content, but feels like they can't DM or can't reach out or like feels like they are somehow excluded from the conversation, like I would push you to go again, like to just override that feeling and reach out to her, even if it's just to say, hi, I'm so-and-so or thank you for sharing this. Um, if you are feeling it resonate, there's a reason for it. Thank you so much, friend. I, I couldn't agree more with that statement. If it's feeling resonant, there is a reason. And I agree with you. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's me. It doesn't matter if it's you. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's some, we, we don't care. We yeah, just we want just you want to you find to, support. <laughs> we want you to find you. Like, that's what we want. And whether, and whoever it is that helps you find you, bless them. Like, and we're so grateful that you found them. Mm, 100%. Thank you, friend. Uh, I just could not love that conversation more. Thank you so much, Dylan, for spending your time with me, coming on the podcast, chatting about these things together. Um, it's been such a pleasure to share this conversation with all of you. Thank you for listening. And if you're new here and if you are interested in my one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can join my waitlist at meganvhill.com slash waitlist um and there also be a link to the show notes i have some very exciting things coming soon spots opening as well as a free 
um, resource slash masterclass that is really robust and I think will be deeply helpful for, for all of you creatives and creative business owners, whether you're, you own one already, you're starting one, you've always wanted to start one, but haven't, it's really going to be exciting. So make sure you are following me on Instagram at megan.vhill and you can also sign up for my mailing list if you want to get updates there too. Um, and that's meganvhill.com slash mailing list. But thank you so much for being here. We hope this conversation was enlightening for you, um, beneficial for you, that it served you in some way. And we just encourage you to go forth and pave your own way, do your own thing and own who you are, because that's truly where the most fulfillment lies. Thank you so much for being here and we'll chat soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to Create Your Life. It is such an honor to get to share these conversations with you, and it truly means the world that you are listening, so thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That is the biggest help and allows more creative humans just like you to find this podcast. As always, I love to connect with you who are listening. So screenshot this episode, share that you're listening in your stories and tag me so I can see. I would absolutely love to see. And if you would like to stay connected or are interested in coaching, you can follow me on Instagram at megan.vhill. And I always update there when I have new openings um, and free events or downloads, things like that. So make sure to stay in the loop there. You can also join my email list, which gets updated a lot of times even before Instagram. Um, and so you can join that at meganvhill.com slash mailing list. And lastly, if you loved the song from this episode, I know I do. I am obsessed. It was created especially for Create Your Life by my good friend, Trevor Maddox. He is incredible. And if you want to hear more of his music, which I highly recommend, you can head to his website, trevormaddox.com or follow him on Instagram at maddox.sounds. And both of those will take you to um, Spotify or wherever you listen to your music and you can listen to his stuff. It is incredible. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to spend this time with you. Looking forward to staying connected and we'll chat soon.